All right, Dog Nation, I'm Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented by Kroger. For those of you joining us across Facebook and YouTube and the other platforms, you will notice that I am not in uh, our normal Dog Nation World Headquarters studios today. As I was telling our audience, part of our first and 15 a little earlier on dognation.com, the Dog Nation app, we've done this show since August of 2015. I have never taken a sick day. Um, I've never been sick. I don't really get headaches. I don't really get uh, colds. don't get fevers. don't feel discomfort for the most part. But... This is as close to being sick as I've probably ever been. So while nothing will prevent us from delivering this show to you, it seemed like a pretty good idea maybe not to come in studio today, just out of, as they say, the fancy folks say, an abundance of caution to make sure that if I am dealing with a little bit of bug or something like that, that it's not the kind of thing that somebody else is going to be able to catch. So we want to be, you know, uh, good teammates to our teammates. And so that is why I'm at home today. Obviously, that means the show is going to sound and look a little bit different. I hate that. It's not the kind of thing that um, I enjoy at all. But today, sort of feel like it could not be helped. So um, we're just going to kind of dive into this. We're going to talk here for a little bit. The show's not going to be super long today, to be completely honest with you, uh, because, you know, listen, I, I just think that it sort of lends itself to not doing a super long show. So with all that said, we are... There are a couple of stories I want to make sure that we do address. We're going to bring on Jeff Centel here coming up in a little bit. That's going to be able to good, uh, a good thing to do. And then after that, we'll kind of get you rolling into a, a weekend. I guess we'll also follow here live to see if the Cedric Von Prong Granger news maybe drops while we're on the show, whether or not he's staying or going. Obviously, uh, this is the day when all of that is kind of announced by the NFL. So we'll obviously be kind of following that a little bit closely. But before any of that, let me just kind of get heavy into this as it relates to some of the Todd Munkin stuff that's out there. Now, I told you all, I think one day this week, that I don't really consider myself to be a newsman necessarily. Uh, You know, a lot of things that may be news, we don't always talk about on this show, because ultimately what we're trying to find is stuff that's interesting, and news not always interesting. What's interesting is not always news. So while I'm not necessarily a newsman, so to speak, um, I do read news for a living, because that's how you kind of know what's going on and how you know what's out there to talk about. So... With the rumors that are out there as it relates to Todd Munkin, I want to give you a little bit of insight right now, a little bit of a deep dive maybe, into how I follow this news and tell you what's kind of on my mind based on what we've heard on this for a moment. Now, let me start here with something that we have already talked about, which is something that Jeremy Fowler, ESPN reporter, said the other day uh, on Twitter. Uh, Fowler's kind of respected guy. ESPN, obviously, a gigantic outlet. And I believe Fowler was the first one officially to mention the idea that uh, that 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 Todd Munkin could be interested in NFL openings. In fact, let me show this to you on the screen. We showed this the other day. Uh, Fowler saying that one college coach I'm hearing that's garnered NFL OC interest from teams this cycle is Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. Uh, he's had a successful run the national champion Bulldog. He's also a former OC of the Bucks and Browns. So Fowler's pretty prominent voice. Him saying that is certainly significant. And then to make things even more significant. Different national reporter, different national outlet kind of has also said the same thing here over the course of the last 24 hours or so. You may have seen Ian Rappaport, obviously works the NFL Network, NFL.com, along with his colleague Mike uh, Garofalo. They're also kind of citing Todd Munkin as a possible candidate to uh, be on Todd Bowles' staff. Uh, there with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Obviously, Byron Leftwich has been fired from that job. This is uh, Todd Bowles' chance to kind of put his own staff together. And Rappaport, Garofalo kind of reporting here that a guy like Todd Munkin could be one of the candidates that uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks consider. Now, let me tell you how I process news like this. And this is, I would say, a, a good way for any of us to process news. So in a situation like this, 
I would say that local sources are always more valuable than national sources. So if a guy like Jeremy Fowler or Ian Rappaport says what he says here, it might be true. But we've also seen with some of these national guys, sometimes it's not meant to be a criticism. It's just true. But sometimes they sort of say whatever their sources tell them to say, whether it's true or not, that they're willing to be a kind of a mouthpiece sometimes for whatever thing, because that's what the access they've been granted requires them to do. And I said before, that's not really a criticism of Fowler and, and Rappaport, but it's sometimes the way in which stuff like this gets done is that there's a, I think, a level of local reporting sometimes that's just far different, <clears throat> far different than the level of national reporting you see in a uh, certain situation like this. However, when it comes to the Munkin thing, though, here's what you can't, uh, you can't deny that while guys like Jeremy Fowler and, and Ian Rappaport have kind of put this out there, hey, maybe Munkin goes to Tampa Bay. People close to Georgia thus far, the people that you kind of think of as sort of the local sources on the ground around here, we haven't heard anybody refute this as of yet. And if this was easy to refute, it would have already be refuted. So valuing local sources more so than national sources, hard not to notice that the local folks here right now, as it relates to um, Todd Munkin, have actually been pretty quiet. Apparently, nobody knows enough yet to step up and say, oh, I don't believe there's any legs to this. I don't believe Todd Munkin has any hope of going or any or any desire to go to the NFL. I don't think that's a thing. We haven't heard anybody say that. And the silence in this particular case is probably a little bit deafening. This is definitely a dog that isn't barking here right now. Now, to kind of put a little bit better spin on this, once again, going back to the idea of valuing local sources more so than national sources, I do think it's been interesting to see how this has been covered locally in Tampa compared to, you know, what guys like Rappaport and, and, and Fowler have sort of said here. In fact, I read a story in the Tampa Bay Times about this yesterday, but exactly what they believe uh, uh, the Bucks and Todd Bowles in particular could be looking to do here as it relates to uh, Todd Munkin or their offensive coordinator job in particular. And there was one thing about this that I couldn't help but notice here is the people closest to this situation in Tampa also don't seem to really know what Todd Munkin wants to do here. In fact, I think we have this in the screen. I can show to you the story from the Tampa Bay Times. Here, I'm just going to read a couple of sentences here. The Bucks going to begin an immediate search for Byron Leftwich's replacement. Among the candidates are former Alabama offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, the former Penn State, Houston Texans head coach, was Brady's quarterback coach and offensive coordinator for three seasons in New England. Uh, the writer goes on to say Tampa Bay had discussion with O'Brien a year ago and, uh, when they believed left, which might be hired as head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, the writer goes on to say Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin is a name to watch if he were to be willing to return to Tampa Bay at the same position he had going back to 2018. Now, in that handful of sentences, I think the word if is doing a lot of work there on behalf of the Tampa Bay Times. In other words, the people closest to this situation who are covering the Bucks on a daily basis, it certainly sounds like on the basis of what we just read right there, they very uh, clearly believe that Bill O'Brien is interested in becoming an NFL offensive coordinator again. In fact, I think there's been some chatter here today that he might be on his way to becoming the offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots, which maybe makes uh, the, the, the motivation to go out and get a guy like Todd Munkin more profound for uh, Tampa. But still, in terms of the contrast here, the people closest to this situation in Tampa seem to have a lot of belief that O'Brien is interested in the job. He interviewed for the job a year ago. Uh, the scuttlebutt we have here kind of at the college level would lead you to believe that maybe Alabama's ready to move off of Bill O'Brien and Nick Saban doing what he's done in the past, what he may have done with Pete Golding just a few weeks ago, kind of trying to find a new home for some of his coordinators he's not too happy with. Uh, that this may be kind of one of those situations in which it's very easy to assume that everybody knows what O'Brien wants to do. He sort of feels like he's worn out his welcome in Tuscaloosa, and therefore he's moving on. Now, whether he's moving on to Tampa, whether he's moving on to uh, to, to New England, uh, well, it remains to be seen. 
But people close to the situation, the NFL, seem to have a little bit more tangible proof that O'Brien definitely wants to move on, where they don't quite have that as it relates to Monk. But as I said before, while we don't have proof for sure that Munkin wants to leave, we also don't have proof necessarily yet that he doesn't want to leave either. So if you're a Georgia fan, what do you do with all of this? I think you should take this seriously. I think you should follow. Now, there are plenty of reasons to think that a guy like Munkin would want to go to the NFL. Obviously, a lot of coaches do. It's thought to be the highest level of the sport. There's also plenty of reasons to think that he might not want to go. Byron Leverage, I don't believe, made anywhere near as much money in Tampa this year as Todd Munkin did uh, for George. So, there are maybe reasons that he would take the job. There are maybe reasons that he wouldn't. But in terms of this being a big old nothing, the kind of thing that's not worth your attention at all, I don't quite think that's the case. This is at least something worth following here, and hopefully we'll get some resolution sooner rather than later. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Croker. <laughs> Happy to have you. <laughs> the one thing I can't do today is laugh. When I laugh, and laughing at myself or how I sound is kind of an easy thing to do. The one thing I can't do right now is laugh, because if I do laugh, that's when I start coughing or whatever else. So I'm going to try to be very serious here right now and make sure I don't laugh, because that what sort of turns into a little bit of a coughing fit. If you're just joining us, I'm a little under the weather here today. It's close to sick as I ever probably get. So uh, we're at home. We're trying to do as much of a normal show as we possibly can. Thankful to have Jeff Sintel here coming up in just a little bit there as well. And by the way, big thanks to our friends at Kroger, who make all this possible there, too. And I'm guessing at some point in time, I'm going to be stopping by my local Kroger and picking up some cough medicine or something like that. But Kroger also uh, a great resource to have when it comes to saving money there, too. You've heard us talking before about Kroger Boost. Well, here's we start 2023. It's time to kind of engage with and find out all more about what Kroger Boost is all about, because you can try Boost for free for 30 days. Now, you can save up to $1,000 when you get twice the fuel points and free gro uh, grocery delivery. So uh, this is a really good way. Everybody's right now trying to save as much money as they possibly can. This is a great way to do all of that. So go to Kroger.com slash Boost for more on that today. Kroger.com slash Boost for more on that today. Right, we're going to get Jeff Sintel here coming up in just a moment. I'll talk to him about the monk and stuff a little bit. We'll talk to him about what he thinks that Cedric von Braun Granger might do there too. And then we'll obviously get into some of the recruiting stuff that's out there uh, right now as well. Before that, though, let's go around the doghouse, presented by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And I guess me being in the friendly confines of my home, kind of an appropriate thing today when we have Berkshire Hathaway Home Services uh, presenting around the doghouse to us. I want to kind of roll through here for a moment some of the uh, transport portal stuff that's out there. We found out yesterday some dogs have gotten their new homes, and I want to kind of address some of this here a little bit, starting with Eric Gilbert. We'll show you this on the screen. As Hayes Foster from On3 has reported, that Gilbert's committed to Nebraska. So another dog on his way to Nebraska here, and maybe more example of the fact that with Matt Rule as head coach, Cornhuskers want to be a player for talent in a way they really kind of haven't been in the past. Now, I want to be real candid here for a moment. Um, I think that the, the presence of Gilbert now on somebody else's roster is going to bring out a lot of questions on the part of UGA fans. For instance, if Gilbert goes on to have some success, a lot of folks will be wondering, well, how come that couldn't happen in Georgia? Uh, which is, I guess, a fair question. We also talked a little bit this week about when guys leave Georgia, who do you feel comfortable rooting for? Who do you maybe not quite feel so comfortable rooting for at their new home? I don't mind telling you that Gilbert being in Nebraska is a guy that I can very easily cheer for and root for as he moves on to a new place. And, and my reason for that is pretty simple. And this is one of those things where, you know, I don't always have the conversations with the people who know somebody who know somebody who know somebody. But in this particular case, I sort of feel like I have. And like, the one thing I've had people tell me, because Gilbert's a guy that I'm really interested in. I think that Gilbert is one of the best high school players I've ever seen. Uh, 
he was a, I mean, you're watching, if you're watching a video, you're watching some of that from him back when he was in high school. And this was a very polished route runner. This is a very special athlete. So Gilbert's always been a guy that I have, I just really excited. He was on the Georgia roster, really wanted him to break out. So I was always really keen to, to kind of find out, hey, you know, you know, why is it that that, that that hasn't happened for him at Georgia? What's preventing that from taking place? And like the one thing that having had some conversations that I do truly believe wholeheartedly is that Georgia really tried to do right by Gilbert. And every sense that it, sense that I get is, is that Gilbert really tried to do the right things while he was at Georgia. It clearly wasn't working out. You know, Gilbert wasn't the guy that was able to play very much. Traveled a couple times to road games, got in, got involved in the Vanderbilt game. But after being kind of one of the stars of G-Day, it just never quite happened for uh, Gilbert on the field here this year. But as he moves on and goes to do something else, uh, tries to find a new home in Nebraska, I really do think as a Georgia fan, you should have full confidence in knowing that not every experiment you participate in is going to be a successful one. And George, I think, experimented with bringing a guy like, you know, Gilbert in, into the fold here, and it just didn't quite work out. So uh, he's obviously a guy that's dealt with a good number of personal challenges, and that's obviously been his own personal private journey to go through. And I think that Georgia tried to stand by him, tried to provide an avenue for him, just didn't quite work out. So, you know, I hope he does have success in Nebraska. And if he does have some success in Nebraska – I don't think that's any kind of indication one way or another about what did or didn't happen here at Georgia. I believe both parties, Gilbert and the program, tried to do this the right way, and it just didn't work out. I'll also mention the fact that Tresman Marshall uh, announced a new home yesterday. He is going to Alabama. Now, listen, I like Marshall, and I think that Marshall actually probably played this past year a little bit more than some people may realize. This is one of those guys that hadn't even fully healthy the entire time he was at Georgia. There's a chance that his career at Georgia could have maybe turned out a good bit different than it has. But with Marshall announcing that he's going to Alabama, hard not to have the same, I guess, conclusion on this. And I've already heard some Georgia fans saying this, and I think it's probably the accurate reading. It, like, if you want to know how college football has changed, like if you want to know how the sea change has taken place, an idea that a guy like Marshall, who's a talented player, and I'm sure Alabama will be very happy to have him. Georgia would probably love to have him uh, as far as its depth goes there as well. But a talented player like Marshall, who looks at guys like Smile Mondin and Jamon Dumas Johnson as the starters, you see these incoming freshmen, uh, guys like C.J. Allen and Raylan Wilson and Troy Bowles. You see these guys, whether it be coming into the program behind you or in the program ahead of you, the fact that a guy like Marshall says, hey, man, I'm a good football player. I deserve to be on the field. Let me go to Alabama so I can get some more playing time. I don't think anything in the world tells you how much things have changed in college football other than that. That's not mocking and making fun of Marshall, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure Marshall will go on to have success there. And if uh, if Georgia plays Alabama this year, if Alabama is good enough to qualify to play Georgia, something they weren't able to do this past year, if Alabama is able to qualify for a chance to play Georgia, I'm sure that Marshall playing for Alabama could turn out to be a little bit of a problem. Uh, you know, the kind of person that Georgia has to be aware of. But but in terms of how things have changed in college football, the idea that the path to playing time now easier at Alabama than it is at Georgia, hard not to notice that. I also point this out too. There was a, a tweet yesterday in light of Marshall going to Alabama from Glenn Schumann. I've actually had some conversations with people in Tuscaloosa over the last couple of days about, hey, do you think Glenn Schumann really come here? And like the one thing I had to say back to the folks there at Alabama is the only thing that I know is, is that Schumann has continued to ever since the first rumor came out there of possible replacement for Pete Golding, who's now at Ole Miss, Schumann's continued to recruit for Georgia. And maybe yesterday, kind of the final nail in the coffin for any Bama fan who was sort of hoping that Schumann might eventually arrive there. I'll show you this on the screen. She made a very classy message for Tresman Marshall saying, there has been a year of my life since I came to Georgia where Tresman hasn't been a part of it. Three years of recruit, four years of player. Glad we got this pick on Saturday. He's going to be missed. Love you. Go be great, uh, Tresman Marshall. So 
pretty clearly uh, Schumann gives you a classy goodbye to Tresman Marshall, but every indication I think you have from that statement is that's, uh, you know, that's Marshall kind of moving on to Alabama. And once again, like a couple of these social media messages have maybe alluded to previously uh, that every indication I think you get there is that Glenn Schumann is staying right where he is at the University of Georgia, which I think obviously Georgia fans would view as very good news. Now, speaking of good news, let me give you one more thing here, and we'll bring on Jeff Sintel after that. Do not lose sight of the fact that you also got a nice announcement yesterday from Marcus Rosemey Jackson. And listen, any player of any note who announces he's coming back right now, in light of a lot of the players who sort of move on in this sort of transfer portal age that we live in, uh, that's a guy that ought to deserve your attention here a little bit. And, uh, Marcus Rosemey Jackson yesterday, kind of putting it out there on social media that he's ready to run it back for Georgia. And so if you're scoring at home here, Georgia brings back now three of its top five pass catchers for this previous season. Obviously, the two top guys, Brock Bowers and Ladd McConkie, now Marcus Rosemey Jackson, too, who had a little bit better year than maybe some of you kind of realize. So when you think about the overall talent and skill level that Georgia has in its offense right now, this is about as much returning production, I think, at least, um, if I'm if I'm doing the math in my head correctly, this is about as much returning production as I think is we're kind of used to seeing Georgia have when it comes to some of its pass catching targets. So it's one of those things that sort of falls maybe between the cracks a little bit, given all the news that's out there. But Marcus Rosemey Jackson coming back to Georgia this upcoming season is the kind of thing that I think you got to pay attention to. And that is around the doghouse. It's presented today by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. This is one of those things where, like normally in my regular studio, I turn to the side and kind of talk here a little bit to kind of give you the uh, B. HHS uh, read, but we have no second camera here today, so I got to stay focused right where I am. I tell you that if it's time for you to kind of think about a real estate decision here in 2023, maybe selling a house that you're currently living in to get closer to something you want to be close to, like a brand new job or family members or good friends or whatever else, selling that house and buying that brand new home to make all those dreams come true for you. The folks at Berkshire Halfway Home Service are ready to assist you on all of that. They are what I call transaction experts because with offices all across our state, agents all across the place there as well, they're kind of going through this process on a daily basis. Now, here's the thing you got to understand about a good real estate agent. A good real estate agent understands that when you go under contract, that's not the end. In a lot of ways, that's just the beginning. The question you have to ask yourself is, how do you get from the signed contract to the closing table? and a satisfactory outcome for both parties. That is what our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services are all about. So please make sure you find them online. BHHSGeorgia.com. That's BHHSGeorgia.com. And you can find Berkshire Hathaway Home Services today. All right, it is Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger here today. We are at home. If you're just joining us, you kind of notice that I don't sound great, probably don't look great. A little bit banged up here today, as close to sick as I ever get. So. We're not doing a real long show. If you're normally a radio listener, I actually be preempted on the radio today uh, just because of my uh, my uh, condition, if you will. So I appreciate you being patient. Hopefully by Monday, we'll be kind of back to normal. We don't like things not being delivered in their normal way. So uh, we're looking forward to hopefully, hopefully, uh, kind of getting through this one today and getting ready to go. Uh, let me bring in Jeff Sintel here right now. We'll call this On the Road with Jeff Sintel, assisted by AAA. So, Jeff, I obviously want to do some recruiting stuff with you here for a moment. I appreciate you kind of departing from your normal uh, plan here and, and being with us via Zoom here today. Um, here's the one thing I said about the Todd Monk and stuff before you join us, though, and I'm curious of your opinion, is that to me, local sourcing matters more than national sourcing does. And while the national people are out there talking about Monk as a possibility, it's what the local people say that matters more to me. In the case of the Tampa local media, it seems like they don't quite know if Munkin's interested in this or not, but the Georgia local media 
I haven't heard anybody else refute this, and that does matter to me a little bit because if this was easily falsifiable, it already would have been. So that doesn't mean that I think the Munkins going to the NFL, but it does mean that if you're a Georgia fan, you have to at least take this a, a little bit seriously, don't you? Yeah, I think it. You got to take it seriously. Jeff, you may be muted. Brandon, Jeff, hey, good morning. Not here. Good morning, Brandon. Hope you're doing great. Um, way to way to. Uh, I can't tell if Jeff is mute. Okay, so I just can't hear him. So I'm not sure what that is. So this is going to be a tricky conversation. So Jeff, <laughs> just give people your thoughts on that. I have no idea what you're saying here on this, and we'll see if we'll see how we do this. So uh, go ahead. Brandon, I'm going to make the most excellent point here regarding Todd Munkin that any individual could ever make. You're going to nod your head a bunch of times. Um, obviously, I'm trying to be theatrical here, but really, Brandon, for me, the information here with, with Munkin is like, it's have things change. Number one, he is deliciously happy with what's going on at Georgia. Uh, he is on a run. Um, you can't ask for more prolific offensive production that Georgia has put up under Todd Munkin's watch, especially when you're looking at the wide receivers uh, that he's had and had not had available. Here's something that I always think about with Todd Munkin. When he took the job at Georgia, I was told he took the job at Georgia because he wanted to be a college head coach. Like he had had his baptism and he had his laps around the pool in the NFL, uh, being an offensive coordinator with the Browns and also with the Bucks. The Browns experience kind of soured him a little bit on the NFL. I think what he's looking for coming out of Georgia when he initially showed up was a platform that would spring him into a college job, an SEC job, an ACC head coaching job. I think he's really happy at Georgia. I think Georgia pays him a lot of money. I think Georgia gives him an environment where he never has to worry about the defense. And I think if Munkin would have leave Georgia, Brandon, I think it would be for an enviable situation. I don't think Tampa is an enviable situation at all right now. No quarterback. You don't really know who the future quarterback is there. You hear the rumblings that you know, Tom Brady is going to end up in uh, Las Vegas playing for the Raiders or play on the West Coast for the 49ers. All those things come to mind here. And I think that's why with Georgia and Munkin, you know, Brandon, sometimes when these jobs come open, the NFL guys, the national guys, just have to pop lists up. They have to pop names up. I have to say, this guy's a candidate. This guy's a candidate. Brandon, it's all theatrics through agents. And I think right now, I think that's what it is with Todd Munkin. I don't think Tampa is the job that will have him leave Georgia. All right. So, uh, Jeff, can you hear me and see me now? I can hear you. You're sideways, but I can see you. I can hear you. For goodness sakes. All right. How you doing, buddy? Not great. Not great. Uh, so I'm not even sure what you're talking about before. Let me, let me ask you this. How do you think the Munkin rumor one way or another impacts the recruitment for a guy like, say, Dylan Rayola? Uh, well, I know Dylan Rayola and Georgia have gotten kind of cozy over the last couple months. One of the things I do know is that a lot of the recruiting has been handled by Mike Bobo over the last couple of months. That's a move there with Georgia that uh, when, you, when you heard rumblings about Buster Faulkner and you heard Buster Faulkner, you know, potentially looking at other jobs, I thought it was very wise for Georgia. I guess the proper word is to take segue that relationship and to kind of have a new guy that was kind of running, running herd on that, like Rip and Yellowstone. I don't know if you watched that show, but, you know, the new Rip for Dylan Rayola was probably Mike Bobo. And we know Mike Bobo was the guy that recruited Matthew Stafford to Georgia, or as the Rayola family calls him, Uncle Matthew. I think Stafford is still technically his godfather. But you've got a guy there where, you know, Munkin's pedigree and how well he's put up points, uh, how well he's done with Georgia, especially with a guy like Stetson Bennett, where people think, People got to think this, Brandon. If Munkin can make Stetson Bennett, if if Munkin can get Stetson Bennett to New York and the Downtown Athletic Club 
Think about what Munkin can do and the Georgia offense can do with a talent like Dylan Rayola, Brandon. I don't know if I've said this on your program enough or at all, but you think about all the all the quarterbacks Georgia has recruited in the Kirby Smart era. Think of talent. Think of what they do. Think of how well they can spin the ball, make plays, improvisational. You know, Dylan Rayola is a lot like Patrick Mahomes or what Patrick Mahomes would look like if he was 17, 18 years old. He's got arm strength. Brandon, I don't know if you saw this. But when he went out to the Clarkson retreat last year and they had that long toss where you see how far a young man can throw it. Now, of course, I think that's really overrated in terms of a quarterback prospect. But what it does do is it measures arm strength. And Dylan Rayola threw it 72 yards uh, as a rising high school junior. He's the number one player in the country. He's going to give Georgia a visit, whether it's later this month or whether it's in March. And I think Rayola and Munkin in Georgia, whatever happens there, I think Georgia has – put together the risk management relationship insurance to make sure that the connection will still be strong. You had a great story the other day with Edric Houston, who, um, listen, I just think when you start thinking about the class of 2024, this is just such an exciting prospect. So exciting, you know, kind of era for Georgia recruiting because so many of these guys that Georgia, I think really wants are close to home type guys. And I think for a lot of fans, it makes it more interesting sometimes when you're sort of pursuing a play that maybe you've seen on TV when we've done these games on Petrie TV or, you know, they grew up kind of in your backyard, you know, there with that. That in, in, in the case of, uh, of of Houston, I thought your story was really good, but I also think it really identifies who's going to end up being one of the most important players for Georgia in this upcoming cycle. Now, listen, Georgia just got a great 2025 defensive in-type player the other day that kind of sort of fits that Trayvon Walker mold. But if you can get a couple of guys that sort of fit that mold, you definitely want that. And that's what Houston, I think, would be for that class of 2024 as well. Yeah, I don't think Georgia has a lot of five techs on the roster right now. That's why I think Edrick Houston is great. Um, he's rated as an edge still by on three, but he's rated as a he's rated as a defensive lineman, kind of a five tech right now for 24-7 sports. And Brandon, he's about 6'4", 6'5", now. He's up to 265. We know this when a young man is 265 in high school, he's not going to get any any slimmer. He's not going to trim it down. That's He's trending towards being a defensive lineman. Brandon, I'll just say it very simply, man. I think Edric Houston is the most important recruit for Georgia in the 2024 class. Dylan Rayola, going to tip the hat to that. Five-star quarterback, generational talent, all that. But you know what? Edric just, to me, he grew up in Atlanta. He grew up around Georgia Bulldogs and his family. When he was watching the Ohio State game, members of his family were rooting for Georgia. The dogs want him really bad. And, Brandon, I get the same I get the same vibes from Edric Houston that I got from Trayvon Walker, Nicobe Dean, Quay Walker, Jalen Walker, Nolan Smith. He's just the type of young man, the way he's built, um, cares more about his teammates, cares more about playing inside the scheme, cares more about the work. Brandon, he's a 4 by 4 100 relay guy he runs the 400 meters in high school track to stay in shape work on his game Brandon nobody does that no five-star defensive lineman defensive edge ever runs the 400 now Darius Smith has ran the 100 and 200 because he is an incredible athlete yeah but running the 400 that is a grown man's race that last 100 meters of the 400 you literally feel like you've got Jordan Davis carrying a piano carrying Big Bar- Big Bear Alexander on your back it is a be- takes a very special athlete to do that. Edric Houston was also a wrestler. I just think the way Georgia's built, the way they continue to be built, you need players like Edric Houston. So I don't know if you talked about this when we were disconnected a little earlier or not, but it's also getting away from recruiting your moment. It's also a day and we expect to hear the, um, I guess, the official news one way or another about Cedric Von Braun Granger. It only seems like some of the online chatter has suggested that maybe, maybe he's considering returning 
Um, what do you think about this eventual decision? We obviously know if you were to come back, it'd be huge for Georgia. There's just not a lot of Cedric Von Prime Grangers that are out there. That is a that's pretty close to an irreplaceable player, I would say, um, in, in a lot of ways. So, you know, what's your read on the situation as SVPG uh, gets ready to uh, make his or at least have his decision known one way or another? Yeah, I think he's been torn. I know he really loves Georgia. I know it's a family brand and it values the Georgia degree and values education. You know, Cedric is he's a five star in every area. Captain, student, representative, player. Brandon, he has a chance if he comes back to be the starting center for three consecutive national championship teams. Um, unheard of. The way he's played, Brandon, the way he just stepped right in there against Clemson in 2021 and has been a pillar for Georgia. He's been a pillar for Georgia off the field. He's been a pillar for Georgia in the locker room. One of my favorite stories I'm going to write sometime is what Kirby Smart said after the championship about how it kind of, kind of felt like 92 Barcelona and the dream team and how Georgia's number one offense went against Georgia's number one defense. And that was, let's say it, Brandon, that was the most competitive football Georgia played all year long. And he said Cedric Von Prahn and team run led the offense. Jalen Carter and team run ran the defense. And those guys almost killed each other. And Kirby's a guy that loves competitiveness, loves ways to stoke the fires of his young men. And he's like, maybe we need to back off this just a little bit. This is a little bit crazy. I think Cedric Von Prahn, whatever he does, I think Dog Nation should stand up. They should clap. They can say whatever that young man is doing for his family, uh, that's the best thing for him and his family he needs to do. But, Brandon, if he comes back to Georgia, some of those offensive line question marks will go away if they have Von Prahn Granger in the middle. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you kind of staying patient with us, too. A little bit of an unusual situation. Look forward to talking to you again under normal circumstance. I'll be very soon. And we just appreciate your time and talk to you later on. Hey, Brandon, hope you get well, buddy. And, man, we just had our fourth quarter against Ohio State. Little rocky there. We came through, and we finished on a great note, man. Get well, brother. No doubt about that, Jeff. Thank you so much. So good stuff there from Jeff Sintel. That's on the road, assisted by AAA. We obviously appreciate Jeff Sintel for being a part of that. In fact, AAA makes this possible for us each and every week here on the uh, program. And I am certainly grateful for all of that from them. In fact, AAA, a great name to know for you. You think about your auto insurance there as well, because you can get something and uh, uh, even more than you would expect when it comes to our friend at uh, AAA. You might even pay less for that. You get a free, no obligation quote for AAA auto insurance. And you can see if you can qualify for that AAA membership discount. It's a paperless discount or a pay in full discount or maybe even the multiple car savings as well. There are lots of different ways for you to save with our friends at AAA. So make sure you give them a call, 833-718-2075. That's 833-718-2075 to find a branch near you. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get ready to wrap things up today because, you know, at this point I'm on the phone and who knows how this is even going out. So, you know, we got a cruise coming up. Y'all check out RollDogs.com. Be a part of that. Um, my bookie, find them online. Get a bet down on the divisional round playoff games here this weekend. Use the promo code Dog Nation for that. We'll give a shout out here to our friends at the Finish Long Drink for our big finish. Uh, they had a funny tweet the other day, kind of looking at some folks enjoying that uh, delicious Finish Long Drink. A lot of you've tried that. In fact, we'll show this to you on the screen. A lot of you've tried that there as well. If you haven't, um, as our friend uh, Bev the Barbarian says, if you haven't tried that, well, you can here right now. Just simply go to thelongdrink.com and put your zip code in. You can find out. We can pick some up today. And trust me when I tell you, it'll be really, really good. Whether it's the cranberry flavor, the grapefruit flavor, which is kind of traditional in the blue can, long drink zero, no carbs, no sugar, long drink strong, 8.5% alcohol by volume. Make sure you check all of that out. Um, also, as we get ready to say goodbye here, there as well, 
Um, our buddy Mad Dog sharing a uh, golden shoe with us there as well, kind of making fun of Jaden Rashad and the situation there in Florida. As Florida misses out on their big quarterback signee, as we talked about yesterday, you start moving ahead to the upcoming spring practice. It is not a good situation with Florida quarterback right now, which is one of the reasons they may have been quite so desperate on their shot of things. So funny stuff for Mad Dog there. And, of course, speaking of those lousy, stinking Gators, we'll remind you that uh, Georgia goes back to Jacksonville uh, very, very soon. In fact, 281 days from right now to uh, get a win uh, right there against those lousy, stinking Gators. Y'all have a great weekend. Trust me when I tell you, we'll be back to normal on Monday. So thanks for your patience here today, and we'll talk to you again then.